Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm so close, I can take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value came in, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters. How they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. Oh, my gosh. We had to start it at this time because if we would have started it 10 seconds ago, 20 seconds ago, you would have heard a dirty joke by Tom. Yes or no? Yes. A bad joke. It was amazing. From Tom having to do with something that vibrates a lot. But we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. An epileptic stock analyst. Yeah, an epileptic (laughs) uh, (laughs) stock analyst. Anyways, we got Jed in the house. Jedediah Bila in the house. Just crossed 200,000 subs. Put a link below. If you haven't yet subscribed, there you are, there you go are. find our show. We got Vinny Oshana Come here about the Red the House. We did a special clip recently, me and you. Jim Acosted. We were in so, uh, Ukraine or Russia. Where was it at? We were in you have to about, see it to see we're it. We're in front of Valuetainment. Vinny's in the house. <laughs> we got Tom Ellsworth, BizDoc, Monday morning in the house. He got a lot of stuff to hello, talk hello, about hello. with business. Obviously, uh, uh, we got a lot of stories to go through. ton to discuss. Jed is here to give us her p- uh, point of view on what's going on with Tucker. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about. Ooh, Who's wow. going to replace him? You've been at Fox before. You work there. You work with pretty much everybody. And so we want to see what you have to say about that. Tom's got some opinions about the market. I thought it was going to be Vinny, but today's going to be Tom. You're welcome. About what happened with <laughs> First Republic Bank and FDIC. Uh, uh, what happened there? Why is Jamie Dimon all excited about First Republic and partially getting the government to get involved to buy the dirty paper? Anyways, we'll talk about that. Big tech earnings spark hope that the worst is over. Yet at the same time, home prices in March posted biggest annual decline in 11 years. There's a building, a $300 million building in San Francisco that's fully empty pretty much. And they're saying it'll trade possibly for 60 $200 million today if you want to make an offer. No one's in that building, and it's at the cream of the crop area in San Fran. Charlie Munger issues warning for commercial property market, which is not looking good for that. A uh, story here. I almost didn't believe it until Vinny had to show it to me over and over and over again. From transgender to transabled, I, I don't even now people are choosing to identify as handicapped. I explained this to Jen last night. She's like, babe, what are you talking about? I said, I'm telling you. This is a real story. Any The average person you explain this to makes no sense. I know you have some thoughts on oh, that. God. RFK <clears throat> Jr. poses uh, biological males comp- competing in women's sports. Jets, you got thoughts on that? We have a, a surprising surge of faith among young people. Furious religious groups combat Satan Khan with intense prayer. Vinny, you got some thoughts on that. So does Jed. Vice is headed to uh, bankruptcy. Pretty wild. Just a few years ago, it was a 57 Billion-dollar company. Now it's headed into bankruptcy. Tom's got updates on that. Bunch of things with Ron DeSantis. How bad is it for Ron DeSantis? He's polling at RFK's level. Uh, Ron DeSantis could unlock an $86 million presidential run. Bernie Sanders recently calls for confiscation of wealth for people above $999 million. And Trump imitates Biden, which we should play that clip here in a minute when we get into it. And last but not least, Sanders said Biden could win. In a landslide. But before we do that, let's talk about something important here, such as parking violations in New York City. So New York City Council introduces bill requiring richer people to pay more for violations like parking tickets 
double parking than the average person, meaning if you make more money, you pay more. And California is doing a similar thing as well there. Let me read this story. So this this kind of this to me is strange to just think about it. Say, hey, how much money you make last year? Well, listen, your ticket's gonna be six hundred dollars instead of three hundred dollars. What a wild situation in New York. So here we go. A new bill proposed by New York City Council would introduce a pilot program to scale civil fines, such as parking tickets, based on a person's income, making richer people pay more for these fines. Proponents of the bill argue that scaling the fees uh, would encourage more people to pay and ensure that the penalties are fair and proportionate to a person's ability to pay. The Independent Budget for, uh, Office found that New York City is owed more than $2 billion in unpaid fines from just the last five years. The bill has to survive a hearing in the council to be reviewed by Mayor Eric Adams once it's introduced. Similar programs exist in a handful of cities around the country and in Europe where technology is used to look up taxpayers' income to calculate fines. And by the way, California is doing a similar thing, propose, propose, proposing charging customers based on how much money they make when it comes down to their electrical bill. So if you make 180 or more, you could pay $85 or more for your electricity. Tom, what are your thoughts on this story? Uh, uh, folks, <laughs> when you hear when you hear them talking about social security and you hear the following words, means test. So when you see the riots that were going on in France or 10 years ago, they had a thing called austerity, which was riots about people had were told they'd be retiring at a later age before they get their government pension, the pension would be smaller. We don't have to be economists to remember all that happened 10 years ago in Greece and it's happening right now in France. And you'll hear social security means test. Means if you have the means to pay, you're going to get less social security or you're going to have to pay more for Medicare services. So that has been the kernel, the seed that is behind this. And now this is just expanding. And by the way, the reason we're doing this is because our government is, we can say, broke. And we keep raising the debt limit, which is nothing more than raising the credit card limit on the United States of America. America to from, from unpayable to damn unpayable. And so what New York is doing is just picking up the same thing. They say, hey, the United States is broke. And some of you, when you are old enough to get Social Security, if you can afford to pay for other things, you're going to pay for them. And you're not going to give you the Social Security because we're broke and we're going to give it to the middle class and these and, and, and people with lesser capabilities. But you people that are wealthy, it'll be a means test. You have the means to pay. Then you don't get Social Security or Medicare cost you more. And now they're bringing it over to parking tickets saying, hey, wait, you know, we got all this. Uh, we have all this technology. What if we find out the guy, hey, he's a $400,000 a year banker and he parked his Mercedes S-Class here and the meter ran out. Maybe that should be $100 for him, not $25. And that's what they're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to socialism. Can I, can I ask you a question, though? So, okay. So liberals argument. I'll give you the other side of the argument. You ready? Well, who came up with progressive? You're wrong. Who came up with? I'm sorry, I jumped the gun. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who came up with progressive taxes? Who came up with progressive taxes? Which president? Which president? Who was big on we should we should tax? You know, well, Ronald Reagan even said we should tax. You know, mm -hmm. have progressive tax and we should do this and we should do that. So even your own president was for progressive tax. Your your god of presidents, Ronald Reagan, proposed this. Why shouldn't we have progressive tax when it comes down to parking fees, electrical bills, all these other things? What do you say to that argument? Well, I didn't support that policy by Ronald Reagan, Beautiful. so okay. I think the response is that that was wrong. You know, conservatives have made mistakes many times. You have to be willing to call out your own side. I mean, this is this is just standard. People 
penalization of wealth. I don't understand why anyone who's successful would live in a place like New York. I cannot imagine why someone like you, for example, who's been wildly successful in business and made a bunch of money, I can't imagine why, unless you had to, for some business reason. You know, I lived in New York City for a long time because I worked, you know, in media. You had to be there. It was horrible. But why would someone elect to live in a place that outright comes front and center and penalizes you for wealth, penalizes you for success, says there's a separate set of standards for you. The reason they're doing this is because there's boatloads of people that, you know, you open up their glove compartment in their car and all that comes out are just parking tickets that have been unpaid. And most of those people are lower income. And you know what they say? They say, well, they're not going to come for me because there's this sense in places like New York City that they won't come for the so-called little guy. But if you're making, you know, 400, $600,000 a year, you're successful. Oh, how dare you? So it's just to me, standard wealth penalization and in, in woke, you know, progressive, which are, you know, basically regressive bastions. Let me let me go to the next one, which kind of goes with this. Bernie Sanders calls for confiscation of wealth <laughs> uh, above nine ninety nine. Do you have this clip, uh, Rob? While you're pulling up this Not clip, it's on Twitter. Leave millionaires <clears throat> alone. If you, if Not ta- millionaires. If you go on Twitter and That's type in Sanders and Wallace, you'll show. Just type in on the Twitter Sanders Wallace, and that clip will show up. I'll read the story while you're looking for it. Because, you know, to stay on this messaging for as long as you have and people are listening to it, uh, do me a favor, type in Wallace and Sanders and then go to videos. It should be the first thing that pops up. If you go a little lower, right there, there. click on that one, make it bigger and play it. Beautiful. You're saying that billionaires should not exist. So are you basically saying that once you get to 999 million dollars that the government should confiscate all the rest? I'm saying that we should go back to a very progressive tax policy like what we had under Dwight D. Eisenhower. Which would mean that that after over yeah. a billion dollars, basically, yeah. it all goes to the government. You may disagree with me. Mm-hmm. But I'm just all of it but goes to the government. Yeah, I think people can make it on $999 you know, million. Saying, and you, you know he doesn't say though. So your money, you're at 999 million, right? But now you're invest. Now you get the rest is gone. But now you're investing, and that money every single time it drips over, they're just gonna keep taking your money. Is yeah, that what this but, moron? But, but here's the thing. Okay, if the government could show that when the money is given to you, you pay off your debt, you're in a better financial position, and you make better investments that grow the GDP at a faster pace than the private market can do, well, then you have an argument. But you have a horrible resume <laughs> of this, you know, give the money above $100 a billion to the U.S. government. Here's what he says. He announced the support for President Joe Biden and called for a return to a very progressive tax policy that was like, that was under Dwight Eisenhower. He introduced new legislation in April, called for the 99 Act, which calls for wealthy heirs to pay more on their inheritance by expanding the estate tax to 45% on estates worth at least $3.5 million. It would also impose a 65% tax on billionaires' tax on estates worth a billion. 65%. Parents worked hard for this money, and now the government's going to say, no, no. We did more for you to make this money than you did give that money to us. Tom, what are your thoughts on this argument with Bernie Sanders? Because it goes to me similar to what New York and California wants to do. Well, I look at it this way. I don't see an argument. What I see, I I really, I don't see an argument. You have to understand where Bernie's coming from. Bernie is not trying to argue about changing percentages and things in the structure of the current, the current, 
country. They want a restructuring of the company into a a socialist socialist construct supported by Marxist themes. That's what they want. They want to wholesale change the country. So when you look at it and you, you and you sit inside of a a democratic capitalist, you know, a freedom and liberty construct, it, and these people say this to you, you say you people are insane. Well, they are insane in that argument. They're not insane when they look at their argument and their argument is a look. They're trying to convert this to a socialist construct. They don't care about the debt. They want the debt to crash the system. They want the outcome of that. There's no argument here that I see. What I see is them slowly pulling the rug out from under the, the, the construct of the country as we know it to get to their socialist paradigm supported by Marxist themes. That's what I see. That's the fundamental transformation of America that when you heard Barack Obama talking about in 2008 and people had a really hard time visualizing what that was, this is it. And I think, you know, <laughs> these people want mediocrity. They want, you know, they want that and they want people who've done better than that. That's correct. Mediocrity breeds dependency on the institutions they love, by the way. A lot of these Democrats are very big pharma allies. allies. It it just it also encourages people who have been successful to want to do what? Pick up and leave. There's so many successful people now that don't even want to be in the United States anymore. They're like, where can I go? Because they see that this is seeping through and seeping through. My two messages to Bernie. One is it's not up to you. This is not your money. Somebody else has earned this money. It's not up to you to decide if a million is too much or 10 million is too much or or, or a billion is too much. It's not your money. Hands off people's money. It's not up to you. And secondly, Pat, you made a great point about, you know, what the government does completely inefficiently with that money. You can't trust yeah. that your money is <laughs> going to be used well. And a lot of times these wealthy people will donate to charity, will do so much better with their money than handing it over to government bureaucracy that does what? Throws money at education? No. No results. Throws money at the military. No results. Throws money. Where? What has the government government done well? If you can delineate for me what the government has done well with your money, then you have an argument. I'll wait. There's no. And by the way, here's the same guy that used to criticize millionaires and billionaires, millionaires and billionaires, millionaires and billionaires. Hey, Bernie, you're a millionaire. All right, billionaires and billionaires, <laughs> right, and billionaires right. and billionaires. Yeah. And billionaires. Right. yeah. Stand by for a yeah, quick how, edit. Like, yeah, Pat, how would you feel, Pat? You're, I mean, successful, like Jet said. You're hitting that billion and all that money. You have no idea where it's going. And then you nailed it, Jed. They're going to send it to Ukraine. They're going to send it to places where there's war and shit like that. And it's just like you don't have the money to even open your mouth. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. By the I, way, Jed said something <clears throat> very important. You have no right on what a person wants to do with their money. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to make decisions thinking it's your money and it's your children. Those two things. Leave the children alone. Mm-hmm. And leave their money alone. Both are theirs. They've paid the price for it, not you. But that's uh, the core argument. The core argument is the children are the children of the state under the socialist construct. Yeah. They are there. And you didn't earn that. There is a structure around you. And they argue energy, infrastructure, sewage, all these things, electricity. That was there. And your success was based on that. So you really don't deserve all this. And it goes back to Barack Obama. You didn't build that. Yeah, you didn't you didn't build that by yourself. All right, let's go to a business story, and then we'll get into a couple stories here uh, with what's going on with Tucker. So, First Republic is taken over by FDIC and sold to J.P. Morgan, a third major bank failure in 2023. By the way, last week's story came out; their shares dropped 43 percent, 43 percent. But there's a company that's capitalizing off of this, and that company's name is 
J.P. Morgan. So First Republic Bank has been taken over by federal regulators and will be sold to J.P. Morgan, making it the third major bank to go under in less than two months within with $229 billion in total assets. At the time of closure, First Republic Bank has become the second largest bank failure in American history, 90 days apart, by the way, losing about 40% of its deposit in the first quarter of the year amid rising interest rates and after the failure of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank earlier this year, causing a growing cohort of depositors to move their money to banks seen as safer and offering more attractive returns. As of mid-March, about 70% of First Republic deposits were uninsured. That's that's a big number, meaning they were larger than $250,000 guaranteed limit. The FDIC estimates the cost of First Republic receivership will be about $13 billion, less than the $20 billion that is estimated at the cost of Silicon Valley Bank. First Republic's 84 branches in eight states will reopen Monday as branches of J.P. Morgan Chase. Tom. Well, you know, some of you may walk down the street in quaint little towns and you'll notice a garage sale and you go up, maybe buy a trinket, get lucky, find an old baseball card there. Uh, Jamie Diamond on the weekend walks down the street and buys banks. And this is Chase. <laughs> this is hey, there's First Republic. <laughs> Do you take a check? Um, the And what is happening here is the consolidation of 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 the banking industry, because ever since 2008, the last crisis, things have become more and more lax. You know, you've had a variety of things that have uh, Glass-Steagall and other things that were designed to help it. But now you have banks failing, except the FDIC, think of that as the deductible. Like when your car crashes, you $500 deductible at the body shop, and then the other guy that crashed into you, hopefully their insurance pays the rest. Well, the FDIC, the little sticker on the window that says $250,000 deposit, think of that as the deductible. But now Jan and Yellen, when SVB crashed, they created that new vehicle that the banks can get their hands on, which protects $250,000 and up. So it basically goes like this. It, it promotes irresponsibility mm-hmm. because now the banks can be very irresponsible because FDIC will get part. Janet Yellen and Treasury will get the other part, and then the bank will get bought because there's loans in there. There's car loans, home loans with good people and things, and J.P. Morgan says, I'll take those loans over here, I'll collect the interest on them, and I'll help you out. And so what is happening is a consolidation of banking, and then unstable banks are are failing. Um, this is also is very interesting, is SVB and um, First Republic, J.P. Morgan, specifically Jamie Dimon, is trying to walk back into Silicon Valley to have a foothold there. Remember, it was 2016 that he was the first of the big banks, and he came out in an annual banking letter, and he said, listen, Silicon Valley is coming. They're smart. They're clever. They're going to take away consumer pain points, and they're not going away, and they don't take prisoners. So he was warning the traditional banking industry of basically the looming fintech. And he's trying to come back in and make himself um, – you know, relevant, make J.P. Morgan relevant. Three years later, he says, oh, you know, um, I just want to let you know, Chase is not a tourist. We're not just visiting. This is not a lecture tour that we're doing here in Silicon Valley. We're here and we want to do things. And so you're, you're basically seeing Chase saying it wants to be the biggest, and they're, they're not— I respect even, that. I respect I do that. Too. Listen, Sandy Wall uh, had a chance when the whole story went— 
you know, uh, Jamie Dimon used to work for Sandy Wow. Sandy told Jamie, do whatever you want to do, run the company. The first thing is, uh, Jamie Dimon does is fires his daughter. <laughs> it's a <laughs> very wild story. And then the wife says, what are you doing? You let this guy fire your daughter. He says, you can't fire my daughter. He says, you told me to run the company. He used to be a city guy. So everybody knows in that world, if you're going to talk about the Michael, the Kobe of this era, Jamie's the guy. And he's not slowing down. And he's going to be a guy that when you're thinking about someone's going to be a you know company to buy, everybody points at Jamie. So he's done a great job. you got to give him credit. But the question now becomes, quietly, as much as they want to downplay this, how many people are now sitting there saying, listen, man, I'm not waiting anymore. We're part of a regional. We're part of a community. We're leaving. Just go to one of the big five. This is two in 90 days or 120 days. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about like $20 billion bank or 40. These are two $200 billion banks we're talking about. Two hundred. You know how big $200 billion is? If you were to look at some of the companies that we all know about, Starbucks size. If you go to you know Coca-Cola, if some of these companies, how big are these companies? These are $200 billion companies. Mm-hmm. There, there's not that many $200 billion companies that we're talking about. Tom. Who's next based on this? Who are they talking about? I've heard a couple different names. I'm curious to know who you're hearing about being possible. I wish next. I had the whole list in front of me, but it's basically there's a variety of lists out there, and there's some ones that are right at the top that are stretched on, on the loans they made and the things that they invested in. They invested some bonds, which are now have moved on the interest rate, meaning picture it this way, banks bought, I'll put it this way for gold, for the average person to understand. They bought gold high, now gold's low, and they're have, having trouble selling the gold, and that's supposed to offset the loans they have. So it's like, whoops, you now can't sell the gold to pay off all, all your loans or to cover all your loans. What's very, very, there's another very, very interesting thing that's going on in the middle of this is what you just said, Pat. Goldman came out, and they had a crappy earnings quarter, but... They had a whole bunch more deposits. Now, where did that come from? Of course. Schwab came out and had actually a solid quarter, but they got a bunch more deposits. And Schwab was saying, you know, we were very surprised. Schwab has a money fund that's right around 4%, and that's fairly low risk. Like the lowest risk you can get is like a standard money fund. 4% may not seem like a lot until until you think back that Ma and Pa have been looking at interest rates of half a percent, 1%, or nothing. And all of a sudden— Money's being moved to money markets right now. Money's being made to Moving markets say, hey, mom, mom, pa, talk about it. They say, well, at least we can get 4% and we're not exposed to this zaniness going on in the yeah. stock market. So so here's what's crazy. But the big guys are getting the deposits. Here's what's crazy. You know, uh, the, the one conversation that's coming up is a lot about the dollar collapsing. And and people are fearing, could this happen, you know, since 1450? Can you guess how many different currencies we've had since 1450? How many different world reserve currencies have we had since 1450? Can you name them, Tom? I'm curious to know if you know about this or not. Oh, wow. We well, have a video that's coming up on this specifically well, the, next week. Well, the U.S. dollar is only since late 40s. It was a huge surge <clears> after <throat> World War II, and it became the world reserve. And I think before that, you had Great Britain Pound. Okay, you got that one. And then um, at one point, didn't you have the gold-backed Spanish Real, the kings and queens? That's prior. So it's Portugal, it's Spain, it's Netherlands, then France, then Great Britain, then it's... U.S. And U.S. is, some say, since yeah. 1921, but it's really 45. So the concern is, is it time for this? Because it lasts about 80 to 100 years. That's about the timeline. And we've been around that number right now. 
at about 78 years, 1945. We're about 80 years right now. So here's what it's leading to. People ask, what should I do? You should consider investing into non-duplicatable assets, such as what? Alternative investments. Masterworks are sponsored today. Something you ought to consider doing. Art had a record-breaking year last year in 2022 with all the fears. The top three auction houses had a record-breaking year of $18 billion last year. Art alone went up last year on an average of 29%. And it's been said the last time inflation was this high, contemporary art appreciated on an average of 20% per year from MW Index. This is something you ought to consider. Everything they do at Masterworks is qualified with the SEC and broken into shares. Meaning if you want to buy a Banksy, a Picasso, any of these uh, things that maybe Warhol, you say, I can't afford to buy a $2 million piece, we can buy a share of it. At Masterworks, I think they have over 700,000 users now working with them. If you do want to be invited and join an exclusive community, Rob, let's put the link below for people to find. At Masterworks, you will find a link both in the chat and the description about Masterworks. This have- is really great because you can <clears throat> invest in a Picasso, and Picasso hasn't made a new painting in years. Yeah, he hasn't made it for that, years. That, I don't yeah. know why he stopped after he it's died. Like he stopped painting himself. <laughs> I, can totally I don't know why that happens I can, sometimes. I can totally see somebody using that like as as like a bragging tool. Like, hey, you know the uh, Mona Lisa, and they're like, you own no, no, you know that red velvet rope that they have. <laughs> I own that bright buckle, and they're like, ah, come on. It. Okay, so story came out, Jed. How bad is it for DeSantis? He's polling at RFK's level. This is a CNN story that just came out, and. Uh, 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 Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has been trying to appeal to his party's conservative base with moves such as signing a six-week abortion ban and fighting with Disney, but his efforts have not paid off in primary Republican polling. A recent Fox News poll shows him at 21 percent, 32 points behind President Donald Trump, and comparable with 19 percent that Robert F. Kennedy uh, is receiving from the Democratic side. Candidates polling in the low 20s, like DeSantis, have gone on to win with about 20 percent of the time. DeSantis' decline is at least in part because of Trump's rise, who has gone from the low to mid-40s to above 50% in the average 2024 polling. DeSantis plays to the right, doesn't line up with where the anti-Trump forces are within the Republican Party, which includes a moderate wing that is least likely to want a ban on abortion after six weeks. By the way, this is a Fox News poll, and we all know Fox is no longer Trump's camp. They Mm -hmm. want DeSantis. So what are your thoughts on the story? You know, I, I do think he's in trouble. I don't know. You know, when you watch his delivery sometimes, I mean, he's he's a great governor. I think we can all acknowledge that. And, and rational people will see what he's done in Florida. And policy-wise, I think he's on point. But I don't think this is about, oh, he's not, you know, moderate enough. There's something about DeSantis's delivery, I think, that is going to have a hard time translating to the national stage. I think if you have, if you stuck him on a stage today and you put him and you put someone like a Donald Trump, I think Donald Trump destroys him absolutely destroys him. And that's not because of policy, by the way. I think, you know, Trump has the, he may step into some potholes here and there when he talks about, you know, the uh, vaccine. He may stop into, he's going to get himself into trouble when he talks about policy. And he's also going to be part of a legacy that people may reject. He also has the January 6th stuff. There's a lot of baggage that he has, but there's something about his ability to captivate an audience, about his charisma, about his capacity to own that stage that DeSantis 
doesn't quite have. Mm -hmm. There's something missing there. Now, also, you have this rift right now in the Republican Party. I don't know that the Trump voters who are really passionate about Trump, I don't know if all of those go over to DeSantis. I don't think that the DeSantis voters necessarily go over to Trump. So I think this rift is going to be an issue. I think we're going to need to let if Republicans want to win. We're going to have to decide, first of all, you know, is there an official run here from DeSantis? What does that look like? Also, all of this travel that he's doing, you know, this like world tour that he did where he's everywhere, but there's no official announcement. I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. People don't understand what his strategy is. Is your strategy to be this fantastic, incredible governor in Florida with a great record? Is your strategy to move on to the national stage? And I don't think people know what to do with all of this chaos right now. Because if DeSantis moves out of the way and says, I'm not doing it, then I think things look very different for Trump. If DeSantis is in the game, then people have to start thinking about this differently. I I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but he is missing something. Like he's missing that star power that you don't necessarily need as a governor, but you do need on that national stage. You really do. It makes a huge difference. And you know, you know why you need it? I know you want to say something, Tom. You know why you need it? Here's why you need it. So you don't need it all the time. I mean, Biden's got zero star power. That's different. But that's what I'm saying to you. Mm -hmm. But Biden has zero star power, right? I think Sanders has star power, right? If you think about Bernie Sanders, forget about his policies. It's ludicrous, but he's got star power, (laughs) right? Yeah. Uh, Obama, star power. Oh, yeah. Okay. Clinton, star power, right? You you look at John Kerry, no star power, right? John F. Kennedy, star power. Nixon, no star power. You can go back and say, well, that's not necessarily true in the history of all this other stuff. The problem he's facing. The guy that's part of his party that's leading right now has been a star before he was born. Yeah. Because his mom and his dad were stars and that, you know, they were in the parties. They were all. So he's grown up. And, and in a way, it's unfair to DeSantis because DeSantis has not been in the, you know, limelight, Hollywood, you know, stars, parties, networking, charm, charisma, selling, all this stuff. He's been more the doer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the job done. But now when the camera lights, everything is on action, you kind of got to show up. You know, and the yeah. way it happened with his books, there was not a lot of performance there, Tom. No. Jed, I, I want to dig in a little bit on, on what you just said because it's, it's very interesting. You were saying that thing. And I've always – I've sat back and I've always believed that Bill Clinton – could have uh, carried the day on any other president or candidate, including Obama. I think actually he would have been more tenaciously, factually, a stronger debate with with Obama. And the American uh, voter right now kind of is short attention span theater. I think we could probably agree on that. And they're easily impressionable. It, DeSantis doesn't have that that charisma there that um, that Trump does, the stage presence. So what do you think happens over the course of the summer you know we've got a tough economy does short attention span theater carry the day on the gop side or do people back up and start thinking maybe a little bit more rationally about economics and start looking at desantis record i I don't have a bias here i actually don't have an opinion yet i'm kind of watching like everybody else but you dig into it no i i don't think that that need for the entertainer ever goes away and i always said this if you're not entertaining people they're not listening so you can be a doer and you can be incredibly efficient and, and ron desantis is you know he's that guy that you hire if you 
want to get stuff done, mm-hmm. right? That's great. But he's not the guy you hire if you want to convince people to vote for him to get that stuff done. So it, it's, I mean, could, and the other option is, you know, does this become a team? I don't know. They've been taking, you know, Trump's been taking a lot of jabs at DeSantis. But truly, if you paired them, then you have the efficiency of a Ron DeSantis. You have the record of a Ron DeSantis. And you have the powerhouse personality of a Donald Trump. That's a very interesting ticket you mean to me. President VP. Yeah. You know very what? You know what Giuliani said? It can't happen because they're both residents of Florida. Oh so yeah, by that's law, right. You can't do that. That's right. Because they're both from Florida. But that's what you need. So, yeah. like, if say it's Trump, he needs to be looking for someone. He doesn't need that big personality. He needs somebody who is a doer. In He's the same the way that Ron DeSantis guy. doesn't oh, yeah. need oh, a doer, he needs guy. the personality. Yeah. So that's the complementary structure that works. GOP <sighs> voters will not just push to the side and say, "Oh, the economies. Let me vote based on issues. Let me get practical right now." That actually goes very much against most people's human nature. They want someone who they're going to want to sit and hang out with. And right now, Ron DeSantis is reading a little bit too much like a politician mm-hmm. or a businessman. He needs to read more like someone that you'd want to have a beer with. That's just a reality. You don't have to like that reality, but it is when it get, yeah. what, what gets that's somebody a, elected. Not with Biden. Now, let me just address Biden for a second, though, because you said, first of all, it's very different with Democrats. Everyone, media at large, Hollywood at large, mm. everyone rushes in to help Democrats. <clears throat> they actually have to be less entertaining <clears throat> and bring a lot less to the table because they have so much in their favor but biden used to be a funny guy yeah i interviewed him on the set of the view we had him on he was funny he was likable i walked away he whispered in my ear hey don't tell anyone but i'm a big fan you know (laughs) we we had a great discussion he was very charismatic yeah but that and he was that guy right he knew what to say this that he got a little grab there too he He didn't thankfully he he definitely sniffed your hair although there is a picture Did he smell your he hair? He smelled yeah. your hair 100%. There's a picture out there of him like leaning in, and I'm like, <laughs> and everybody oh, did yeah. memes on that. So funny. But he had a person. You know, he's yeah. just, mm. he's not present anymore, yeah. but gone. he doesn't <clears throat> need to be. Republicans need to be everything and more yeah. right now to get yeah. elected. But, you know what I think it is? Uh, Jen, you were, ta- uh, Jen, you were talking about that missing thing. Trump is a ve- he's not a veteran in military like DeSantis is, but he's a veteran of the media and the right. gut. Everybody that that swamp that he was talking about, he st- he stood in the front lines. He fought these people. He won. They cheated on him. They he still got there. Look at all the shit no, that no, they've he's done. He's a patriotic. Yeah. He's, oh, he's a gangster. Look bro. at and those Thanksgivings where he showed up around the world at oh, places. I gotta those say those boys loved <laughs> him. He is a boss. He is a leader. But but the scary thing is Jed that look what they're doing. They did all this investigation, all this whatever. Now Trump is number one. DeSantis is barely hanging on. The left. We have to qu- ask ourselves a question. Question. Why is the left so uh, wanting Trump in there? Because they, they think that they could get his ass out. So, so, yeah, that's right. That's what so, right. so he, here's here's a, a so blue ocean strategy. We just interviewed the authors for two hours, and we had a very interesting conversation about ESG, DEI. If you guys know about that book, I've probably sold a hundred thousand copies of that book. I love that book. If you've never read it, you got to read it. It's the number one or number two best marketing book in the history of business books uh, behind. Tied with Michael Porter, competitive strategy and top ten best business books of all time. The book sold five and a half million copies. Incredible book. They got a new book coming out called Beyond Disruption. It's a great conversation. Everything in life, you have to look at yourself as a product, your company, your country. Anything you do is a blue ocean concept. So, what can I compete? Do? Like, if you're trying to date a girl and you're going up against Larry, okay. And if Larry comes from a rich family and this guy's family is rich and he's the quarterback and he's the guy, the jock, all this other stuff, but he's really dumb, okay, 
but he's extremely handsome. However, from your end, you're a competitive swimmer and you have this and your background is rugged and you're coming from streets and you're kind of like this. You can't go and try to compete with him in an area that he's got you beat. You're not going to win, bro. You're just not going to win. Okay, the Blue Ocean concept. Okay, if we look at America against other countries, so other countries' argument could be like in Iran. I'll never forget when I'm sitting with my mom, and my mom was supportive of Khomeini because the fear they had is look what Iran's losing. It's losing its conservative values. Women are out there wearing this, and they're no longer wearing scarves, and they're becoming hookers. And they're... Literally, women in Iran were afraid that by giving too much freedom to women, uh, their daughters could one day end up becoming street girls, all this other stuff. So that was how it was sold. Mm. But Iran realized you can't sell to women of Iran. You can be free. You can do what you want to do. You can do this. No, we have to give our argument that's different than Iran, than U.S., because if we talk about freedom, you're going to lose to U.S., 100%. right? Let's do DeSantis against everybody else here right now, okay? Charisma, you're going to lose. Charm, you will lose, okay? Uh, policies, you will win, Okay. Uh, uh, leadership and doing it during COVID when it was so nasty. You won't win. You will dominate, okay? When it comes down to getting into a fight, can you stand up? Yes. Uh, when you do interviews and you, somebody's not in your ear trying to make you look perfect and you're just yourself and you're the tough guy that's going out there and pushing, challenging, all that stuff, that's a turn on. And you're like, here's what I stand for. I think if a marketer sits down and says, dude, Blue Ocean Strategy, you're not going to beat them in this game. Ruby and Cruz tried, and they got destroyed. So don't try to play that game. But if there's one thing about DeSantis, if he goes and they push him and he fights, he's in more you know, opportunities to debate somebody, opportunities where to have a banter with somebody on TV, going on CNN, going on MSNBC, and they're pushing him, and he comes back and says, what about this, and what about that, and what about this, and what about that? I think he wins there because I think naturally he is a street brawler, mm -hmm. but I feel like he's being held back from brawling. I think that is something that is a strength. I think someone in his ears not letting brawl. I out think there. he's guarded. He's very guarded, but he has a likability problem. Like if you think about, I mean, you talked about Rubio and Cruz. Rubio and Cruz are not likable. Like no. I don't want to hang out with either of them. You know, I, I don't. And I think a lot of people would probably find themselves saying the same thing. Mm. Not that you don't want them to run something, but again, I'm talking yeah. about likability. Can you imagine Ron DeSantis excelling the way Trump does? When Trump does it, do, goes to a small town and he walks into the pizzeria oh. and he's like, "Hey, everyone!" and he has the pizzeria, he has the bite of the McDonald's hamburger or whatever that is, he shines. He is a man of the people well, in those compare, moments. Compare DeSantis to that. He thing. has no. to be able to do that, though. DeSantis has to be able to I do that. Think at do, that do you level. think at that level. He's not going to win an election if he can't appeal to people in a way that resonates with so, them. For example, if they don't do you, like him, do they're remember, not voting for him. Do you remember him. the Dukakis story where he came on the tank? Do you know that whole story? Oh, my god. Where gosh. after that, it was... Do you know the story with Dukakis and the tank? No. Uh, Rob, do you know the story or no? Just type Dukakis and tank. This is when he was over with. Tom, do you want to tell us what the story's about? So Michael Dukakis has to look like, you know, a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of all America. I'm going to be a commander in chief and I'm just a governor up here and they're criticizing me for being a brainy little governor. So what he did was he went out riding around in this tank taking a tour of a military facility. Funny. And Bush, remember, this is Bush Sr., Herbert Walker Bush. Bush looks at that and they're like, oh, this guy's, we, this, thank you. 
Thank you, Jesus. Destroyed. Thank you for this, this picture and everything. And he came out, he was destroyed because number one, he didn't look presidential. Number two, he didn't look like a commander in chief. He looked like a geek, and and he had he had let Willie Horton out of jail only to commit another crime. And so his back was up against the wall, and it's basically Tom, he looks like he's from the Middle East. Yeah, he dude, that looks like a Taliban guy. No, you know he looks like he's in a he high looks school. Like he's my second cousin or something. Like we're related. He's in a high school play about Vietnam is what this is. But here's the point I'm trying to make. I'm, I'm trying to make a point about what Jed is saying. Here's here's the point. Okay, where can DeSantis excel if he does videos and clips and things like that? Hang out with Navy SEALs. Go exactly. to the military because guess what? They know you. Go hang out with Navy SEALs. We all respect SEALs. You were a commander of Navy SEAL team. Go around Navy SEALs. What do we think about when we think about SEAL Team 6? What do I think about when we think about Navy SEALs? Imagine he's going out there sitting there Killers. with 20 other Navy SEALs yeah. that respect him. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about the great work that they do. All of a sudden, we're like, oh, my God, this guy's a Navy SEAL. Look, He was a commander. He wasn't a Navy SEAL, but he was yeah. a commander of a Navy SEAL team. There is things that he, you know, others cannot do that. You were not a Navy. You were not in the military. So you don't understand. I think the positioning for him, if he goes direct to what Trump naturally has been doing in New York yep. and nationwide, I think he's going to get destroyed. Pat, is what Pat does, does he have to hire a team? Like Pat, because you talked about this on the Giuliani thing, about his marketing team, how they weren't doing a great job, especially with the book. I'm making a phone call to Blue Ocean Do Strategy Consultants, go. and I'm See? hiring them low-key. Go with that Pat. question. Go with that line. I know where yeah. you're going. I want to follow up. Go. Yeah, so basically what I'm saying is, like, Pat, Pat you're right now, DeSantis, yeah. I got the Navy SEAL thing thing, but are you going as of right now, Pat? Are you just getting aggressive and going out there? Because, yo, he has to work out that muscle, Pat. That... DeSantis has a little bit of it because I think he got that from Trump. He kind of he kind of takes his his cues on like how he you know, he talks to the media, but he hasn't had that really fight that that big argument with any media outlet where you're like, oh shit, this guy he's good. Like go ahead, go ahead. Tom. So here, here's something that I saw. Um, the people that have been at school and served and mm -hmm. knew DeSantis from Yale and from his time as a JAG, yeah. which was Judge Advocate General in in the Navy, all said the same thing. That, that get in an argument with this guy or get in a debate with this guy. Let, let me correct this first. Yeah. And he comes uh, DeSantis out. joined the United States Navy in 2000, promoted to lieutenant before serving as a legal advisor to SEAL Team 1. Yes. Just, just want to put that out there so everybody yeah. knows. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, yeah. correct. He was a JAG. Yeah, so he was yeah. a lawyer. judge advocate, a which is a lawyer in the yeah. Navy, and he was working with SEAL Team 1. It says, you know, you can't prosecute these guys. The bad guys deserved a guy. So that's what he was basically doing for yeah. a while. Yeah. <laughs> but what he did, do you remember when he got in, when they, he wasn't so packaged? Right now what you're seeing is political consultants and other people packaging the candidates. And I know Jed's got an opinion on this and can amplify it. She's got more information than I do on this. But the consultants package candidates the same way you get packaged and produced when you're, you know, a, a, when you're on a, a show on TV. Do you remember during the debate, why is Florida open? What the hell are they doing down there? And they allowed some of the media to get close and ask unscripted questions. Do you remember what that governor with his rolled up sleeves from the podium was telling people? No, 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 no. You don't tell me. I'm leading this state, and this is what He's we're a doing. Leader. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. He's remember a leader. That, that yep. was unscripted. Yeah. They're trying to package That's what him, needs. I think. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. the thing is, though, like what DeSantis is missing for me, and I'm, I, by the way, I'm a, I'm a, 
fan of his policies. I am. But what he's missing is very hard to teach. It's very hard to teach. I would rather, if you had to hire me for that role, I would rather have to teach Trump how to change what he's doing because he's got stuff that's so hard to teach, that charisma. You can't teach it to Hillary Clinton. People on the Democrat oh. side have been trying to teach her how to be likable, oh. how to relate to people. There's like a film over her. And, and what DeSantis needs to lose is this politician vibe. Mm -hmm. He doesn't read as like a non-politician. That's what Trump has. That's why he's considered a hero to people who believe in populism. I think it's going to be very hard. Is that to say that DeSantis can't overcome it? No, no. But it's going to be really challenging for him because I don't think it's natural for him. I don't think you can hire a media consultant. And by the way, most of the times the people that get hired by these politicians are people who don't know how to do media. I'm always like, I'm like, just hire somebody who understands this game, who yep. gets charisma. They never hire those people. But even if you hired somebody, I think it's going to be really hard to push DeSantis. He reads, like you said, he's a lawyer for the SEALs. He reads like the lawyer. He doesn't have that blue collar yeah. vibe. And that's really what most of America is, yeah. right? We're really just regular people. I grew up behind the Staten Island dump. Like I want to feel yeah. like somebody gets my struggle and yep. he's too polished. If he can lose that, I think he can climb. I, I, don't, I don't think I in a year, I don't think in a year, Tom, he, that, that could, that, that's just my personal opinion. But let's not forget, we live in Florida now, right? We came here because we heard this guy speaking and DeSantis is Florida famous. Yeah. Trump is international, bro. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows the attitude. I don't think I don't think a year is going to be know, enough I for him. I think a lot of Leave people him alone think, and let him be who he is. Let America yeah. see the you package said, you you're said, get. You said Hillary, you know, <laughs> love on, on what Hillary did. You know who destroyed Hillary uh, Clinton's campaign? It was game over the day she went on the Zach Galifianakis show. It was done. <laughs> Zach Between Galifianakis two is responsible for Hillary Clinton never Remember becoming that? a president. It was on a dark Period. set. It was yeah. on a dark set. I'd like firm, to go to our sponsors. <laughs> there it was. Yeah, he goes, if, if I'm going to contact you, can I email you? <laughs> Funny or die, he oh. destroyed her campaign. By the way, just something on DeSantis before we wrap up. He's got $86 million waiting for him. Florida wow. Governor Ron DeSantis, if he... Plans to enter the Republican prim uh, presidential primary using an $86 million pot of donor money in a legally questionable way. This is a, a WSJ story, Wall Street Journal story. If he goes there, he has potentially access to this. That's a good amount of money, but Jeb Bush started with $140 million day one, and he's not also the president. Also not teachable, yeah. by the way. Jeb Bush, no one's I think, I think those exactly. are very two different people. That's true. I think those are very, very two true. different people. Look. Can you imagine if he can't announce anything yet until he locks in his governor's seat position, which I think he has to wait a week or something like that to make an announcement? Imagine him it's having to listen to right? – he has to listen to all of this commentary on social, on news, and it's he's sitting there saying, I'm going to kill you guys the moment <laughs> right, I can come I out. It. He's going to come out. He's going to be like <laughs> – Thank God this thing is off. Let me talk. I'm running. Here's what we're doing. We, I mean, hopefully he and comes you know out what? like that. Maybe something shows up when he yeah, does that. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. Maybe. If it does. Listen, Maybe. we all like too. a good fight. We'll see what happens. So uh, real estate. Tom, real quick. Uh, uh, real estate story uh, in regards to what happened with mortgages. Home prices in March posted biggest annual decline in 11 years. Biggest annual decline in 11 years. Uh, it fell 2.4% in March to an annual rate of 4.4 million, uh, marking the 13th time in 14 months that sales have declined. According to National Association of Realtors, the March drop follows February's uh, surprise rise 
of 13 and three quarters from the previous month. The slowdown in the housing market is now affecting prices, which fell 0.9% year on year to median existing home price of $375,000. Folks, there's nothing in Florida. Uh, South Florida at 375. This is places like Toledo, but the housing market is slowing down due to a rise of mortgage rates, high home prices, and low inventory levels. Housing starts, which measure uh, U.S. home building, fell 0.8% in March from February, according to the Commerce Department. The number of new listings in March fell 20% year over year, while the inventory of home sales is uh, 1% higher than in February and up 5.4% year over year. The cooling housing market is caused by a cooling economy, the prospect of a recession within the year, the high inflation, which is being fueled by housing cost uh, uh, prices. Tom, while I'm uh, reading this story, what you know, Powell is getting ready to potentially do something with the rates. What do you know about what he's going to do? Is he going to raise rates? We're hearing mixed stories from a lot of different people. What are you expecting to happen? Well, um, if Kai will get the T-shirt up for sale, we have the... 2028. It says, fight inflation, save the cheerleader. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, an, it's up there somewhere, Kai. you got to get it into the storefront on ValueTimit.com. What else, Tom? Go ahead. Keep going. So here's what's happening. Powell is coming up, I believe, in the next... He's heading up the stairs right now because the Fed is meeting right now, and there's going to be announcements in the next 24 hours and then also a jobs report by uh, Friday, Cinco de Mayo, um, in which we're going to hear, I think, a quarter point increase. And then, but we're also going to hear him say that we believe we've turned the corner on things. And so there may not be further increases in June. And in July, and maybe when we get toward the end of the year, probably November time frame, maybe we can see the first rate decrease. So that is what interest rates are looking like right now, that maybe we're um, right there on the edge of it. Now, what does all this stuff mean on the home prices? Well, that means that interest rates are still high. People are reluctant to put their homes on the market. Right now, there's only 980,000 listings available in these United States. 980,000. That is the lowest it's been in years. And that's resulting in what it says is home sales have fallen to an average of 4.4 million a year. There's about 100 million sellable homes in America. So they're saying only about 4.4 million of those will trade hands. In a strong year, it's usually about 10 million trade hands, like one in 10. So what do we have right now? People that have put their houses on the market, mm-hmm. the price is still high, and they're reluctant to drop it because no buyers are approaching, so there's no reason to drop it. No other houses are on the market. There's no competition on their block. There's no reason to drop the price. So low inventory gives consumers few choices, and prices aren't dropping. And even if they could afford it, the interest rates on the mortgages are too high, meaning very few Transactions happen, and that's what you're, they were talking about here is U.S. home sales fell. That's not home prices, folks. That's a number of transactions. So your friend who's a realtor, less work. Your friend who's a mortgage broker, less work. Working for a title company, anybody that's in uh, real estate has got uh, less work and having a tough time, but there's no recession here. But there's no recession. No. They changed the definition in real time. Remember that. So that, that's what's going on, Pat. But we're going to see, I think, uh, Jerome Powell's going to be, you know, walking back down those stairs out of breath on Wednesday afternoon after uh, giving the cheerleader one more shot. And, Tom, uh, Tom do you think even, even with all this stuff that's going on and his lack of concern for the cheerleader and <clears throat> with the numbers that they're seeing, Silicon Valley Bank, 
And then, you know, First Republic, how many people you think are calling him saying, dude, what are you doing? The more you raise the rates, there's more banks. We can't afford it. Like, how many people you think are trying to get that message across to him? Of course we know who's not making that call. Who isn't making that call? Jamie Dimon ain't making that call. Jamie Dimon is making a call and saying, hey, Jerome, listen, if you want to raise the rates even more, go for it. I will totally support you. I understand. It's not fair what's Jerome, going on. Jerome, it's Jamie. Maybe he, as a precaution, take a half point this time. Just right, as a precaution. Right. But but he knows. You know, you know who wins the more he increases the rates? The big banks. The oh, yeah. more he increases the rates, the more big banks win. The less he increases the rates, the less smaller banks win. So is do you think people are making that call? Do you think the White House is making the calls? Do you think the the chairman and CEOs of banks are calling and saying, hey, can you relay this message to Powell? Or do you think none of that is taking place right now? I think everybody is calling. There's about uh, there's a group of board of governors for the Fed that all vote on this, but Jay Powell is the leader. And I think you're correct. Everyone is calling him. And I think... It's going to be a good Cinco de Mayo for one part, and this is what I, what I mean by it. I think the jobs report is not going to be catastrophic, but these layoffs are going to be very real. But I think Jay Powell is going to come out and say this quarter point, and I think we're at a moderation of inflation. I think maybe we have turned the corner, a, 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 a prudence of uh, – of a flat policy over the summer. If he says phrases like that, everybody's going to say, oh, the worst is over. And you're going to see a stock rally this week, I believe, and that ends on Cinco de Mayo. But on Main Street, it isn't Cinco de Mayo yet. On Main Street, it's still layoffs, housing, as we've talked about. And yeah, Pat, I think there's many sectors that are out there that wish, look, if he wants to if he wants to really, okay, we'll use another word here. If he really wants to goose the economy, um, then all he does is he drops things two points tomorrow morning and makes cheap money out there. He won't there. do it. He shouldn't He's do not, it. But I don't he, think that's the right move. I think history is going to be kind to Jay Powell that he was able to tame inflation without cataclysmic unemployment. But I think there is going to be a bit of a recession. People are saying 89% chance. you got the Wall Street bankers today. 86% chance on a wide survey of Wall Street uh, bankers and analysts saying we're going to have a recession, probably Q4, Q1 is what people are, are now pointing to. That's all part of getting through the inflation and getting back to a So here's economy. what here's what Berkshire's Charlie Munger just said. He issued warning for U.S. commercial property. Uh, uh, Charlie Munger has issued a warning about the U.S. commercial property market, saying that the banks are full of bad loans as property prices fall. Munger noted that banks were already pulling back from lending to commercial developers and that there are a lot of trouble office buildings and shopping centers, saying there's a lot of agony out there. Munger also said that the Berkshire Hathaway had supported troubled U.S. banks in the past and that it is not that damn easy to run a bank intelligently. There are a lot of temptations to do the wrong thing, which a lot of people have done that. There's a $300 million building story that was going out there in San Francisco. If you can pull up the picture here, uh, for, uh, it's a fire sale, $300 million building in San Francisco office tower, mostly empty, open to offers. But look at that. This is on California Street. And you've it's, been to San it's Francisco. It's the perfect location. Yep. If you can get past the needles and the feces, it's on California <laughs> Street. And, and um, the, the, lobby, the lobby's beautiful, but just outside the lobby, there's a little bit of a funk, a little smell. But, yeah. uh, if, you get, but if you get past that this smell. This is actually a great building in what has been historically a great um, uh, commercial address. Tom, this was worth $300 million in 2019. It's a 22-story building and is expected to sell $60 million. 
What? Guys from $300 million. This is this is Wall Street Journal story. Is expected to sell for $60 million bucks. Cream of the crop, San Francisco. Do you know they're expecting anywhere between $1.5 trillion to $3 trillion, high low of defaults in commercial real estate because they're, they're about to be called with the new rates. They're not going to be able to make a lot of these payments. So in Class A, and right now the biggest building in Fort Lauderdale, I want to look at it this week to see if there's any interest of wanting to buy it. It's the biggest building in Fort Lauderdale. How many square feet is it? We looked at it. It's a um, 400,000 square yeah, feet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <clears throat> mammoth. We're talking, we're talking multiple partner companies we could have in there. We're talking campus. It's huge. It's, it's massive. 400,000 square foot building. You've seen this building it's off of federal okay and you know <clears throat> who's renting nowadays commercial real estate class a businesses are not renting those types of offices today it's a very a lot of things has happened to commercial real estate the last three days if there's any sector of the market specifically real estate that got hit because of covid it's commercial real estate you know what is doing well in commercial real estate industrial buildings because industrial they need spaces to go under do manufacturing do all this other stuff but when it comes down to the high rises this is going to be just the beginning guys with cash in the next 6, 12, 24 months are going to have some very, very weird opportunities to buy buildings. There's going to be so many auctions going on right now. If you got cash, you could pick up some real nice properties today, specifically in commercial real estate.